Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny boom podcast today we continue our comic book movie journey through film with a milestone Mm. 2012's the avengers it was released on may the 4th 2012 it was penned by zach penn and joss whedon directed by joss whedon Mm -hmm. which fucking sucks i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here, and always a pleasure to get in a, a fuck you to Joss Whedon whenever possible. Uh, so, nice to, to open up this way, um, but don't want to discredit from the milestone we are hitting. This one uh, this one is, is crazy. Uh, putting yourself in the shoes of 2012 is a fun thought experiment for this one, um, because now this seems kind of... Uh, deflated compared to the the movies that we we are expecting nowadays uh mm. with you know after infinity war and endgame the game has just kind of been changed but in 2012 this was this is massive like i mean this is like like the x-men are the closest thing to come anywhere near this continuity mm. and like but this just kind of blows it out of the water like you you have so many like it's i don't know it's just a, a crazy cast as well to have in a singular movie, uh, regardless um, if it is a superhero movie or, or Marvel movie. The cast alone is already nuts that it's even happening. Um, and, and I think they, they did a really good job. Uh, they, like the, It impressed me. I, I thought that um, I was of the mind that this was my least favorite Avengers movie. But I might be eating those words um, now. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Um, if it is my least favorite now, I think there was there was some nostalgia. Um, there was some Loki, you know, Loki post post Loki mm, kind of thoughts, sure. uh, which was cool. And then and then just I don't know. I, I appreciated this watch a lot more than I than I have in the past. I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Feeling good off off uh, off of this this rewatch here. Good, good. Yeah, you know, I. Uh... I always knew I liked this movie, you know, like it's a nostalgic favorite. I remember being in the theater summer 2012, watching this for the first time and being just kind of like, holy shit, what the fuck? You know, like, uh, yeah, there's some there's some groundbreaking stuff to the child mind. You know, Uh, I'd never watched a scene in a movie where the earth collapsed, you know, and at the beginning Mm. of the movie, whenever that like the the Tesseract goes up and the, the, the earth caves in. That yeah. was fucking awesome. I remember I remember experiencing that vividly oh, and okay. I was a, I was a big Thor fan, so his introduction to this movie was always a big one for me. I remember I remember being a little dude in that in that seat in the theater and just being like, "Holy fucking shit." You know, uh when mm-hmm. Loki says, you know, I, I don't mind lightning, but I'm not overly fond of what follows. <laughs> um yeah. Were yeah. you how aware were you? 
uh, like if you can remember of like who was going to be in the movie. Like, did you, you knew Thor was going to be in the movie, or yes, yes. So you, um, you knew all. There were the no, there were no surprises in 2012 mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it used to just be a part of the marketing. Like this character mm-hmm. is going to be in the movie, not like. Maybe this character will be in the movie. <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be fun when he pops up. You guys can stand up and cheer. Mm. Uh, you know, like, no, it was, uh, it, it was just like, yeah, we're going to market this movie with the characters that are going to be in the movie, uh, because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so even at 12, um, age, age 12, you were, you were very aware of what was going on. I'm pretty you know? sure if I recall correctly, you know, cause, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's a long time ago now, just a little over 10, just a little over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Fuck. close to it now that fucks me up um Shit. yeah that'll that'll fuck you up won't it um but it, it's uh that's half of our age man i remember the, like... i remember seeing the trailers you know and i remember like they, they there's nothing in the trailer that's like i mean the trailer for this movie i don't know if you've watched it is fucking hilarious it's so no. intensely 2012 like late 2000s uh, sort of thing. It's got like a rock song over it, for, okay. like from that era. You know, it's it's perfect for that. But uh, no, I remember being just kind of excited for it. You know, like the things that would get an audience reaction today would be like the little Thanos thing at the end. Mm. I didn't know who the fuck Thanos was. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I remember being like, "Who the fuck's this purple guy?" You know, like uh, mm-hmm. I was like, what, "What is this? What are we doing?" Uh, and I didn't even think that. I don't even know if I stayed for the post credit scenes the first time I watched this movie. I yeah. don't remember. Them. Is it that common um, knowledge yet? You know, yeah, like no. it, it is. It, it, it's it's weird that like even at non Marvel movies, I have this feeling of like, is there going to be a post credit? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm like like at the end of Ferrari, even like I was like, wait. Is there going to be a post credits? Like, I'm like, there's a lot of people that are still just sitting down, waiting, like just not getting up to leave. And I'm like, do they know something that I do not? I'm like, right. you know, and I'm like, what's going on? Is it, it has Marvel changed the game that much? But yeah, thank God uh, we didn't get this look of Thanos the whole time. Thank God they uh, they redid that because, um, <laughs> man, I don't know. It looked uh, looks pretty 2012. I lo- it looks like. Uh... They went for a much more photo real thing in the end, ultimately, you know, because even yeah. in Age of Ultron's post credit scene, and we won't get to that for weeks, but uh, does he look the same? Even, uh, no, no, it's evolved. It's evolved, oh, okay. but it's not. Okay. It's not the photo real one we get in Infinity War in Endgame. Mm. It's uh, oh but it's yeah, somewhere between the two. Okay, um, I remember now looking at yeah, it. We're yeah. finding our way there, and and you know, frankly, I don't mind. Like it, obviously, visual effects. It's the post credit scene of the movie. I don't think it's like they were like, well, we got to pour everything we have into this, you know, like, mm-hmm. but the, the the bones of that look, I do not mind at all. I like the comic booky, like glowing eyes and the like super purple skin, not like the faded purple that we ultimately meet Thanos as, you know, like, I think that they could have benefited a lot from leaning into the, uh, the comic bookiness of Thanos later on, but I appreciate, uh, ultimately I appreciate what we did with infinity war a great deal. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have any thoughts here or there, but, uh, yeah, man, I mo- ultimately what this movie comes down to is I recall, I believe this was my first Marvel movie in theaters. I don't yeah. think I'd seen one in theaters prior to this. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm jealous there. I I do not think I saw this in the theaters at all. Uh, pretty sure the I was, only I was... one that would give it a run for its money 
is this Friday, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. I know I saw that in theaters as well. Um, hmm. Okay. Wow. But I don't recall which Maybe, what order okay. I saw. I think I saw Amazing Spider-Man. I guess there might be a chance I saw Avengers in theaters, but I don't. I can't remember that. I think I remember seeing Amazing Spider-Man. That one, that one sounds right. I remember going home and being like, "I can make web." No, like, but like, we'll get to that this <laughs> yeah, Friday. True. Uh, so, um, but, but this uh, one, yeah, no, not a theater experience for me. I, I, I wonder when the first time I did watch Avengers was. I fi- it feels like I was late to the game, though. I don't know why. It feels like mm-hmm. I was a little late to the game. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, you know, I uh, the Avengers is the only Marvel franchise that I saw every single movie in theaters. I saw this, wow. I saw Age of Ultron, I saw Infinity War and Endgame, all in theaters. Um, besides that, that's definitely not the case. You know, I, I didn't see all the Spider-Man, I didn't see all the mm-hmm. Thor, I didn't see all the Captain America, I didn't see all the Ant-Mans, I didn't see, like... So that I don't, I think the first Thor movie I ever saw in theaters was Love and Thunder. Funny enough. Um, oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No. So that this was the first first one that I I can say that like I remember falling in love with this. You know, I remember being like, "Holy shit! I will never I will never be the same after the Avengers." And you know, for that reason, I'm always thankful for it. I I, I do appreciate the nostalgic mm-hmm. value it gives me and. I'd recalled it not aging well with me um, in terms of my enjoyment. I feel like the last time I watched this, it's funny thinking back to like the last couple years for our movie coverage and my movie watching habits and stuff. Like when you go back to the very beginning of this podcast back in 2019, five years ago now, um, almost five years we will reach that here in a couple months but um you know you'll hear me say like star wars takes that are tired regurgitated nonsense that now i don't even believe like going back and listening to Mm -hmm. the 2019 episodes of this podcast it's fucking useless you do not have any idea what i think if that's what you listen to you know like uh that's just and obviously some of that's not fully the case but like uh when it comes to like star wars takes my 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 position has evolved a great deal when it comes to marvel takes my position has evolved a great deal um and even within just the last couple years the way we've ramped up movie coverage um i've even had shifts there where i've had the like ah you know just turn your brain off enjoy who cares if it's good or bad what is I'm getting back to a place where I'm like, well, for me to enjoy it, it also has to be a decent level of good now, mm-hmm. which is never a place I wanted to be, but here I am and that's okay. Um, so it, this ultimately was an interesting viewing of this movie where I remembered it worse than it was. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It's still not fantastic, still not great, but it's, it's a solid, mm-hmm. it's a solid movie, a lot more solid than I thought it was. Um, and I enjoyed it more than I thought it was going to. Therefore, I'm very happy with this watching. You know, like this was this was yeah. a great watch. Um, how, how how are you feeling? You know, I think what this has led me to believe is I still think it might be my least favorite Avengers movie. Oh like, yeah, me too. I have no. I doubt think about it, that. I, I think it 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 still is, and that just goes to show how like how just they brought the it tier, to the Avengers. Movie, yeah, man. like the the tier. Of those movies is is just insane. If this is the bottom 
uh, because, I mean, man, like, I don't know if you count Civil War a little bit. If if you count that in there, I'd say my order would go These Avengers, the Civil War, um, maybe Civil War and then Avengers. I'd say they're, they might be interchangeable. And then Ultron, and then Endgame, and then Infinity War. I think we've got the exact same order there. Uh, ranking there. Um, yeah. So, and and that's crazy because this, I mean, this placed six on my uh, comic book ranking that we have. That for the movies that we have so far, this is number six. Uh, it's uh, right below Iron Man, but right above Cap, uh, the first Avenger. And uh, I mean, I kind of see all of these movies sort of on the same level. Um, and th- all of them have their own sort of strengths. Um, Iron Man, I just love the character so much, right. and it's his origin. Sparked the whole MCU. Um, I don't know, just a whole whole lot of stuff going on with that movie. That uh, And it might not be the best of them, but the story is still really good. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's made. I think there's a, uh, for me, in terms of quality, Iron Man is top two in phase one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Cap? I mean, Cap, I think, is undeniably the best made movie. Yeah. Uh, the story is just incredible. The set is is awesome. Um, I don't know. Had just more heart. I cried. Uh, in Cap, I oh, I yeah. I guess I don't know. I, I had a few tear up moments here. The um, end of this movie. This is besides Captain America, which is the qualifying thing for Phase mm-hmm. One. Uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. far and away the best. Like there's a drop off in terms of the ending, the quality of the ending after Captain America. And the Avengers like Thor's got a solid ending. Iron Man's got a solid ending. The Incredible Hulk Mm -hmm. has a solid ending, but none of them are like there's there's an elevation between those and this like uh, I mean, it's the there's there's a heart to it, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. it feels like there was a passion put into specifically Tony Stark. You know, I think that Tony got a it's it's fascinating (laughs) rewatching this movie. And, you know, with Joss Whedon in mind, which I I fucking hate the guy, and it's hard to rationalize the things I like about this movie in relation to him. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's his, that's his character. He likes, he loved Tony Stark, and he made him the most interesting character and the most compelling character. That's, I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of Feige, Favreau, influence that was like we want him to kind of be the face but Mm -hmm. there's a there's a different level with with start with tony here i don't think there's a moment he is looking bad like i don't think there's a single moment where he is like in the wrong i mean it depends on who you are you know like uh that's the thing is that in the Mm -hmm. in the moment whenever he's arguing with steve Mm-hmm. In a typical in a typical environment, you'd be like, he's like genius, playboy, uh, billionaire, philanthropist. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, what a douchebag! But Steve is being a douchebag. Steve is being yeah. an even bigger douchebag in that moment, and that's that's mm-hmm. one thing that I can't stand about this movie is that I feel like Steve is not yeah. captured well. Yeah, um, no, not at all. I I think this is what fueled my hate. I I wouldn't call it hate towards Cap. But I just like, yeah, it was like, I was, I was always, this is what made me team Iron Man. Like, I was just like, Steve just kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. Like, it, like, it just, and that's just how he was in the movie. He did have some strong moments. Um, oh, yeah. 
in in, in here, but like every moments are action related. Um, And even Um, so, and that's at the end of the movie, there's not a, like Steve isn't cool until the third act of this movie. Yeah. Um, He's just the butt end of a joke or just embarrassed in front of everyone else. Like that, that mm -hmm. whenever Tony says that, you know, that line, like Scarlet, you know, Black Widow's like, oh yeah, 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 he's right. Like, yeah, it's like, it is, it is made to put Steve down and put Tony up on a pedestal. Like, well, that's the other uh, thing too, is that's an environment where the person writing and directing this movie is extremely important because it is Joss Whedon's feelings about Tony that are reflected in Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow's reaction mm-hmm. to that statement. In mm-hmm. a typical environment, that's an eye roll. It's like, fucking okay, guy. you know. And then he retorts with that, like, everything special about you came out of a bottle. Um, and that's not true. That's the point of First Avenger. Um, no. Yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. Is yeah, that's that the it, entire... And obviously, Tony doesn't know all that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's obviously 70 years ago and I stuff. I think he so. might mean, like, literally. Like, er- everything yeah. you can do physically. Yeah. yeah. It, it is because yeah. of a bottle. Um, but, like, that would have been the line for Black Widow to to give the, oh, well, you know, that nod instead of yeah, the exactly. billionaire. Because, you know, like, I whatever. feel like that's a little, like the genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. Like, that's a little bit of, that's an eye roll, you know? That's like, a, okay, guy. Um, but still, yeah. even so, I think that that's, uh, there's, there's a lot of moments like that with Tony. And it ultimately reflects kindly on Tony, which is why mm-hmm. Tony's my favorite character of this movie. You know, I yeah, think that, dude. Uh, I mean, come on. I, I was, I'm already in the Iron Man boat, but god damn, oh, yeah. did they make Tony shine here? Like, whenever he's, he's like meeting with Bruce for the first time, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, finally someone who, who speaks my language. Whenever they're just, you know, throwing all those quantum, you know, terms around, um, and, and everything. Uh, but when did you become an expert on quantum <laughs> mechanics, uh, quantum astrophysics? And he's like, uh, oh, yesterday. Night. Yeah. Am I the only last one who did the reading? Yeah, come on, guys. What's up? It's like, oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I expect uh, Steve Rogers, uh, someone who has been awoken in a new world to understand Looks quantum like physics. some form of electricity. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, poor Steve, man. You know, like see, it was... one of those, every time it like makes sense and is actually like there's a lot that Steve has to catch up on. I love the mm-hmm. moment whenever it the the helicarrier rises out of the water and flies and Steve takes it all in and he hands the 10 bucks to Nick Fury and he's like, you won that bet, you know, yeah. and that's not even what Nick Fury was talking about nope. in terms of his mind being blown. He's like, Oh, you don't even know then if this is what you're giving me the 10 bucks for. Uh, but so like there's, there's all sorts of moments where I think that that sort of stuff does pay off. And I appreciate that ultimately at the end of this movie, there's an undeniable, leader leader quality to cap that you can't like yeah you simply can't ignore whenever he takes over the commanding of the defense of new york (laughs) and is basically spearheading it and he's like all right we need people on this street and this street we need a perimeter based here he's like why should i listen to you and he kills like four aliens and always like all right we need you know i love that moment yeah and there's a lot of great moments like that that's that's a really big strength of this movie is that the Mm -hmm. something that Whedon is actually quite good at is translating the comic book medium into film. Like this movie is a comic book movie or comic book come to life. Like that is that absolutely what this is. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't shy away from its fantastical elements. 
Um, it has quippy one line. I, I can I can see a lot of it on a page. I absolutely can. And for that, I gotta get I gotta give him credit. Um, and it's mm-hmm. and it sucks that like Zach Penn also wrote this movie, but so much of what makes this movie this movie is Joss Whedon's taste. Like it, it bleeds through in X Men, it bleeds through in several other movies that he's worked on. It's just the sort of comedy that's not introduced in this movie, but is extremely formative on the future of the MCU. Um, Whenever, you know, Iron Man like tackles Thor and Loki's like, I'm listening, you know, like he's, he's like, like the corny, stupid shit that 12 year olds are going to laugh at that. that, That's absolutely what Josh, like what Joss Whedon excels at is making movies for the, for the young mind. But um, Mm yeah, It was perfect. Like per- the amount of times that you just got different characters with each other, like uh, they they oftentimes just had like Tony and Cap or uh, Hawkeye and, and Widow or you know Fury and somebody. Like it, they the amount of different interactions you got in the movie um, were I don't know. It's it's you kind of got like interactions between everybody, and then also each character had their own moment like in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, like I honestly um can't believe I didn't like f- like like Black Widow as much um like after watching this movie because oh my dude, god she was not dude her opening sequence uh for one I I have like a shot that comes out of that I wrote down a couple shots because I was I don't know I was like surprised that they put some effort into into some of these shots like I I don't remember it being that way but whenever Widow's interrogating some of these I don't know Russian um higher ups or something like that. Uh, and then Coulson calls her and is like, Hey, I need you to come in. And she goes, all right, I'm gonna put you on hold. Um, right before that, like, it's just showing like a train on the train tracks. And then it like the camera pans up, goes through the window, like the top window of that building. And then shows like widow in the chair, you know, all tied up. And then the, the guards around her, I was like, Whoa, that was, that was just like high effort no, for yeah, no the, reason. Yeah, uh, um, And I noticed I, I took a peek at yours there are a lot of thoughtful VFX shots. Like Mm. it wasn't just, we're going to film this on a green screen and we're going to figure out a way to make it work later. Like green lantern Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Like that's how, and there are are still a couple of those moments, you know, like it's, it's impossible to sort of light some of these situations. Like when Tony arrives back at Stark tower for the first time and he like, uh, you know, it Mm. it undresses him for him and, you know, mm-hmm. the city's in the background and stuff, and it's just like, okay, well, this looks really bland and kind of, yeah. but that, that's that's incredibly difficult. Like, uh, with that shot, like, it, it's nice to have an area that is practical where you are filming mm-hmm. and to create the effect of that camera kind of rising into that environment. Super cool. I loved that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I don't know. I I, I like the like every like the early stuff. I thought was shot just way better than i remember and i I wish they kind of kept that through the entire movie uh they definitely didn't it was it was very strong in the early parts of the movie and then it was just very sparsely um sprinkled in kind of as the movie movie really that's an interesting Um, tone visually Um, yeah like widow stuff is all dark and like Mm -hmm. this yellow kind of hue to it as well like it's just kind of this very dark into yeah, with, Banner with Hulk, and yeah, and like where where he's at that little girl leading him out to the outskirts of the city. Um, I'm like, man, this is actually looking like really good so far. And even the 
the shield uh dark energy you know with the tesseract stuff like all that stuff was was actually awesome i'm like man do i remember this movie like so wrong or what because like it is opening strong when we get to the helicarrier stuff gets a sameness to it that is yeah and and frankly the battle of new york is also visual astonishing like it's Mm -hmm. incredibly well done visual effects wise but it's all very overhead washed out lighting you can't there's like there's hardly any shadows you can't really tell where where, like it's just Mm -hmm. it is what it is um but yeah, I mean, like the first, I would say the first act of this movie, because even it's poorly lit and it's hiding some VFX for sure, but it still looks compelling. The The fight between Thor and Iron Man preceded yeah. by the conversation between Thor and Loki, all that looks, it, it might not look great, but it looks better and it has a visual language, unlike some of the mm-hmm. stuff later on. Like what I do appreciate about the helicarrier uh, is that. I think they kind of knew this was a bland environment in terms of lighting. And cause I mean, like that's what that would be. It would be fluorescent overhead lighting. There wouldn't be dramatic mm-hmm. lighting in the helicarrier, you know, like, that's, yeah. so like, I, I guess it makes sense. But um, my favorite scene comes whenever the scepter is kind of fueling everybody's worst mm. impulses. Um, and we get this like cool tracking shot through everybody where it like zooms in on everyone as they're talking. It's really, it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool blocking. It's cool camera movement. And then it travels over the scepter and turns upside down to face everybody to show how it's, how it's manipulating everybody. And so like, that was a good example of them using the camera as Mm. a tool instead of just the environment. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. I, I do like that. And like, I don't, I don't remember the mind stone, the, like the mind zone's kind of like huge here. Like I don't know oh, yeah. how I've never like taken this into account. Uh, with you like, kind of forget that it's what's in Loki's scepter. Yeah, yeah, because you know? it's blue. You know, I've always known it as the yellow in in Vision's head. You know, like that's that's how I know the mind stone visually. I'm I'm thinking it's like powered by the tesseract or something. You know, somehow the scepter, but like it it just has this like radiating ability. Like you know, kind of. It's it it is definitely doing something to each of them. Like one hundred, like they're not holding the staff, you know. But like it just being there, kind of just is doing something to them. Oh yeah, because like and that scene leads into a moment with Mark Ruffalo that almost made me give him the performance. Where mm-hmm. and I loved like the physicality of it because you can like see like they don't show you him picking up the scepter, yeah. but you can see when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he's talking about how he put a bullet in his mouth and the other guy spat it out and stuff, like honestly, the most compelling Hulk moment. And I don't know yeah. how long, I don't know that we've gotten a single Hulk moment as compelling since, mm-hmm. um, age of Ultron has a couple good ones, but beyond that, um, it's, it, it was incredible. Like the performances really make everybody stand out. And I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. giving credit to the writing and the direction on that. Like, that was everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, was like the writing. The, the writing is solid. I, I do. I, I. It's a surprisingly well written movie. I think, but mm-hmm. you know, I think it is the the actors who really distinguish each of these characters because you know, like I said, the while there's a sameness on the helicarrier, like a lot of the comedy has a sameness to it. Everyone has kind of the same brand of humor. There's no real 
standout personality wise beyond the extreme traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the subtleties that are portrayed by the actor that ultimately get you to recognize each of these people as individuals. And, uh, I really appreciate that. That's something that, you know, like, um, Eternals had a tough time with, mm. I feel like, like, okay. Uh, there's a little bit of a sameness to everybody in Eternals. And obviously there's a little bit more of an obvious reason for that. They're designed to be. They robot, kind of are the know, same kind of are, in a way, but, but um, I see what you mean. It's supposed to be different though. Definitely yeah, like, in the and, movie. And, and a lot of them are, you know, but they, they do have a very stoic mm-hmm. emptiness about them. Um, I love Eternals, by the way. I love Eternals more than this movie. Um, I'd agree. At least yeah. in. As far as, as how I remember Eternals, I haven't watched that in a while, so maybe I feel differently when we get there. But um, it, it's it's really compelling to watch these actors, a fantastic, just brilliant cast of starting starting at Samuel L. Jackson, which is a legend, mm-hmm. um, uh, an absolute legend. You've got Robert Downey Jr. He's been working consistently for 30 years at this point. Um, you got uh, Mark Ruffalo, who's who's been around the block. You know, you got Scarlett Johansson, who was in an Oscar winning movie a decade before this was in the prestige several years earlier. Like, it's just stacked to the brim. And then you've got mm-hmm. the younger guys. I know Chris Evans wasn't new to the scene, but he certainly hadn't been doing this sort of thing. You know, he'd mm-hmm. been a comedy douchebag for years and, you know, he'd been in Marvel movies, but that was also his brand there. Um, Chris Hemsworth, hardly in anything. Tom Hiddleston, hardly in anything. Fucking loved watching them on Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård's there. Very small role. Gwyneth Paltrow, a very small role. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it just, it just keeps going. Paul Bettany, technically, for voice. Um, my boy, gotta, gotta throw him in there. But yeah, it's, oh my god. Yeah, there's, it's, if this movie is not an Avengers movie, I don't know what it would be, but it'd be, it's going to be a good movie. Like that that's the thing is that even if this was written terribly, I bet like just because of the cast alone, it would be enjoyable. It'd like be it, they would make it good enough. Of, yeah. Yeah, like, like they, I mean, they, it's a lot of really really talented experienced actors mm-hmm. helming a cast that I mean even Clark Gregg, like the guy who plays Agent Coulson, he was not new to the scene, you know, mm-hmm. like he wasn't yeah. well known, but he'd been a working actor for 25 years or something like that like the dude the dude been around and uh kobe smolders Mm -hmm. making an appearance here was i mean she's very well known for her role as uh, robin sherbatsky and how i met your mother fucking love kobe smolders for that reason Mm -hmm. um but uh, like so she's not a single stranger to acting you know like it's just a an insane, yeah. insanely deep cast. I, I, I enjoy it a great deal. Yeah, I, I, uh, for performance, I, I was, I think there was, uh, a care. I mean, I, I was specifically kind of looking at Loki a little bit more just for post Loki, but the performance that actually stood out, uh, kind of the most to me that surprised me was Scarlett Johansson. Like, uh, and sadly, she had to be sexualized, uh, a lot. Uh, throughout the movie but i think with the scenes where she's actually given uh something to do she does she knocks it out of the park every single time like the opening with the russians she's she's playing them the whole time and then like whenever she's like start talking to colson and just starts beating the crap out of him you know like i guess it's probably a stunt double doing some of that stuff uh it's not it's not scar joe flipping you know tied to a chair flipping over a guy and you know 
having the chair break on him, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, probably not. But uh, it's just her acting. Uh, like, whenever she... Um, actually, this probably comes... Uh, yeah, I think this is my scene. I think I am going to nail it down. It's whenever um, everyone's kind... They're on the the heli, or the helicarrier, and everyone's kind of splitting up. Everyone's getting mad at each other. The gang's breaking up. And, uh, but, but Widow, uh, she goes to visit Loki to try to get his, uh, his plan out of him. Um, and it seems that it's going very, very well for Loki, um, in this, in this situation. Like, he, I, I think he did scare her somewhat, I think. Um, but it, it was mainly, you know, she was just playing him to keep him talking and to see what his plan was, uh, to, you know, what his further plan was, uh, to, to, to get them to, to split up and stuff. And just their conversation that they had, um, like Tom Hiddleston did a, did a great job. But then the the immediate like switch up um, from ScarJo to go from so scared and like shaking through the glass, like she is like almost about to cry almost, and then she turns yeah. around, you know, and uh, it's like, oh, Banner, that's your plan, okay. Uh, a uh, by the way, uh, his plan is to unleash the Hulk on all of it. Like it's just it yeah. was it was nothing. Like it was it, I don't know I. I love ScarJo. Back to that first scene where she's like, "This mm-hmm. idiot is giving me everything." Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh... I'm, I'm not giving her everything. And I appreciate, <laughs> you know, I appreciate the way that uh, Scarlett Johansson fills this role incredibly. Like, I love, I love Black Widow. I love Natasha Romanoff. Um, she's become, looking back, probably my favorite Avenger. Um, but you know, at the time, I didn't, I didn't give her enough credit. You know, and and that's mm-hmm. probably because it was always like. You know, who would I want to be? Not who's the best character, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah. like uh, there's a lot yeah. of really cool implicit world building too. I love the way that they they do the uh, they build up the Hawkeye relationship very quickly. Loki calling it, you know, Drakov's daughter and uh, mm-hmm. the hospital fire and all this, and watching her kind of shrivel yeah. into in, into a genuine sort like it's. She doesn't like being reminded of that stuff. We've seen mm-hmm. that before, but like uh, yeah. the the way that she's able to utilize um, people's perception of her as you know, like the the Russians even comment, you know, like oh, what are you going to do? You you <laughs> you're weak. You're you're small. You know, like uh, and Loki comments on it where he's like, uh, oh, Nick was the big bad. Uh, Nick Fury was the big bad cop and you're going to come in and be nice to me and hope you can get. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about that. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. I love the way she uses people's perception of her to flip it on them in the end. And I think that makes her a, uh, really compelling character. And there's something so cool about her. And, you know, uh, I, I, for the sake of this conversation, I'll say Hawkeye right now, but, uh, like in that final battle, it's normal fucking people. You know, I've I've yeah. always loved that. I've always loved that about uh, you know whenever Cap's like, "You sure?" and she's like, "Yep, got to do it." And he yeah, pushes her up. She yeah. jumps on the back of a motherfucker and steers him around with knives and stuff like. Damn. It's gnarly shit. That's just a human, bro. Mm-hmm. That's just widow. Uh, just with the will to do what needs to be done. Yeah, she. I don't know. I. And ever, I don't know, ever since uh, seen her in Asteroid City as well, I've just always taken a much closer look on ScarJo. Uh, just after, yeah, after joining the West family. But, um, no, yeah, I, I, I had to go with her for performance, and I don't think I explicitly said, but I, I did go with with RDJ as Tony for the character as well. I don't think there's there's really another choice to go with character-wise. Uh, honorable mention, 
I was going to maybe go with Phil Coulson. Um, what? Just because, yeah, I don't know. I realized, like, I've, I always knew he died in this one. Um, but, like, he's the literal avenged. Like, he is, like, the the death that, like, sparks the team to actually come oh. together. And, and yeah, and, like, Fury, you know, gives a little white lie. Um, but I, I think it's it's not harmful. Like this is this is oh, no, a very thing, you know? exactly. It, it's it just gives the message that Fury wants to give them without any words necessary. Pretty much, mm. you know, it's like yeah, these these were in his pocket when he, so like I wanted to ask though if they were in his locker, they weren't bloody. So to Nick Fury, grab the cards, go over to Coulson's blood pile. Or I guess there's a lot of blood around the helicarrier at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'd be well, I mean, like, there's there's a chance it's not even blood, you know? That's like, fair. Yeah, he is a spy. Uh, he is the spy, uh, someone calls him, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, he's the spy. Uh, he's, like, the spy guy. You can't compete with this dude. Um, but, yeah, no, I... Tony was just kind of on a different level this movie, though. Uh, he mm-hmm. was... I think I think you're right in the, the Joss Whedon effect of that, that he... He thinks of himself as as an RDJ type, um, so he wanted to get as many slam dunks from Iron Man as possible. Um, but you know, you, you get uh, a lot of interesting foreshadowing. You know, from Cap, like you're not the the guy to to make the sacrifice play. Um, blah blah blah. And you know, Tony even right away, he's like, "No, I would just cut the wire or whatever." You know, he's like, "There's always a way out with you." You know, you're you're not you're not thinking the right way, and. You know, there's. I think the sacrifice play everyone thinks about for Tony is his snap. You know, and him actually yeah, he makes his, one at the end death. of this movie. But yeah, like he, they had no idea that he could make it back. Like, and in fact, they thought he wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Like Cap, Cap says, says, like no, you one know. way trip. Yeah, yeah, and, and Tony's like, yeah, well, this is just what has to happen. You know, it's like a uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Batman's, you know, taking the nuke. Uh, away yeah. from Gotham, you know, it's autopilot, whatever. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of people always, you know, like, they're like, why didn't Tony just let go of it before he went through the portal, whatever? And it's like, well, his goal was to take out, like, whatever mother, sh- you know. Like, I think it was to do as much damage as he could on the other side um, and not just kind of send it through so that it didn't blow up Manhattan, you know. I don't, th- I think yeah. the goal, the goal was, one, Let's not blow up Manhattan, but two, and end this fucking thing. Yeah, but yeah. uh, this is a nuke, so uh, they they go. It makes a star, and seeing a nuke blow up in space for one was like pretty sick. Like I don't know, like it's a uh, it's it's one thing to see one on Earth because it's a very scary, like it's a very like a little too close to home. You know, it's like I'd rather just not visualize that in the first place. But when it goes off in space and like it, it's just aliens. You know, it's the Chitari. Yeah, um, there was something that occurred to me too, you know, post Oppenheimer and RDJ mm. fucking with the nuke and stuff like mm-hmm. it's funny to think about, but like, uh, even, <laughs> even furthermore, isn't it astonishing and a little horrifying that even in, even in works of fiction, a, a thing that is capable of ending intergalactic war exists on our like on on our planet and we've used it on our planet like that's and it's as easy horrible. as sending a single jet up in the sky like that that's mm-hmm. the crazy thing is that like it used to be it had to be in this 
massive silo on a rocket, you know, like a fucking actual rocket. Now it's just a, a, a tip on the end of a missile. It's just like it's you can put it on anything. Um, yeah, it's, it is. It is a scary thought. But seeing one blow up in space was pretty cool. Pretty uh, because pretty, pretty yeah, it's, cool. Yeah. you're making a star, you, you know, with the mm-hmm. nuke, and like it's just kind of they belong in space. You know, stars belong in space, so it just kind of feels more right. Um, and then, and it, it it is also very nice that it kills uh, the aliens that were just wiping out humans. Like I mean, like they had no like they landed on Earth and just instantly started shooting. You know, so like there's no. There's no like uh scroll empathy or you know there's yeah. zero. Like there is zero empathy whatsoever for this race. So you're like, yeah. Uh Tony blowing them up is just all good. Well, um, and it also becomes clear that they're not they're not technically yeah, alive? Are they like robots? Oh yeah, I guess I've never really put much thought into why blowing up that ship means all of them just die. Uh, or like it's like a hive mind thing, I guess. Is That's what this, I'm going. Like, I'm is it guessing with a, it's a, a mindstone thing? Is it like a mindstone thing? They were the one who gave it to Loki, so maybe their race is just like that's been their that that's been their relic that has like propelled their race. Yeah, maybe. maybe you know. Maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just it, it it's it must it's got to be a hive mind sort of thing because they are yeah. living entities. They're real. They're mm-hmm. they're living creatures but like it's fascinating to see that happen so you know very phantom menace ending whenever they mm-hmm. blow up the the, the command yeah. ship and they all all the droids shut down and stuff like very similar mm-hmm. vibe there but uh yeah no I man I, I i don't know i i found myself uh quite quite enjoying this movie and i thought that a lot of the performances really stuck out uh for my favorite performance i'm gonna have to go with harry dean stanton as the guy who finds hulk um wait like yeah you fell out, out <laughs> ass nude um yeah you gotta are you an alien you yeah. know you know from outer space no, no i like, i have no fucking clue how they got harry dean stanton harry wait, dean stanton what? fucking legend this dude's been acting since the, the 50s like this this guy's been around Wait, what? And he popped up. I was like, because I've gotten into a lot of older movies and stuff in uh-huh. recent years. And, you know, so like when he popped up, I was like, is that Harry Dean Stanton? What the fuck? Wow. Okay. Um, they really uh, did assemble, assemble the Avengers for this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite, like, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite looking movies of all time, Paris, Texas. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous movie directed by okay. Wim Wenders. Um, he's the lead okay. in it and he's so fucking good. So like whenever he popped up, I was like, where, why, why the fuck is Harry Dean Stanton in this one scene bit role? Mm. Uh, but I, I love it. I love it. Um, but no, I'm not actually going with Harry <laughs> Dean Stanton for my performance. I just wanted to shine some light on the fact that he's in this fucking movie, which mm-hmm. blew my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I think Ew. that, uh, he, he's coming with a vengeance in this movie, not just as, you know, the, the character, but as a performer, he's got a lot, he's got a lot on his shoulders, a lot of great legendary actors to go toe to toe with. You know, he has, he has a couple scenes acting straight across from Samuel L. Jackson. This is Tom Mm -hmm. Hiddleston's like third role. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's been working for 30, 40, 30 years, uh, 30 years now. Closer, closer to twenty years then, 
um, 25. Still, yeah, no, still uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Man, right like, Rose been that man since 1995, 94, mm-hmm. you know, like it's when he was in Pulp Fiction, that was kind of when it was like, oh, this guy's a fucking star. Um, so 2012, or almost 20 years later, um, Samuel L. Jackson's been around the block. Um, yeah, but, uh, he's got scenes across from him. He's got that scene with Scarlett Johansson, who, uh, I, I can't remember if she, I don't think she was an Oscar nominee for Lost in Translation, but I mean, like that, like I this said earlier, was that nominated was for an Oscar. Wow. This was? Yeah. Prime nominated for one Oscar Best Achievement in Visual Effects. Yep. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. She, wow. Which was, uh, yeah. She, and ScarJo's been nominated for two Oscars. Not at this time, though. Those were, uh, those mm. both came in 2019, actually. Wow, she got nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role and Best Actress in a Leading Role in the 2020 Oscars. Um, same Oscars, same Oscars. She was a nom for both for two the both wow. actor categories. Um, okay, yeah. She's but a... uh, regardless, I would have thought Lost in Translation might have got her something, but because that was like oh three and she was fucking fantastic in it. But she's been around the block. He's got scenes one on one with her. He's got scenes one on one with RDJ. Robert Downey Jr., who is no mm-hmm. stranger, you know, like it's and in every single one he holds his own, and that's impressive. You know, Tom Hiddleston uh, just came with something to prove. It felt like Dude, you know, he uh, he was a villain, like a villain, villain in this one. Um, like I, I think to whenever uh, they need that dude's eyeball to break into yeah. something uh, for the oh, it's like for the iridium or something like that. I don't know, uh, some metal. Um, and, and he, you know, he shows up in Germany or wherever they are, um, and, and just walks in there, slams that dude down on the, whatever that ancient, like, kind of pharaoh, it looked like a, I don't know, some ancient table, uh, and then just kind of, I don't know what that machine did, but it took like a scan of his eye, uh, and like relate it to Hawkeye, you know? Mm through the same thing and then whenever whenever judging by the sound i took it to dig into his socket and then spin a lot yeah like it took the eye out and then scan like yeah like like it it cut the eye fresh out and then just scanned it i guess and you know you know like a just like a text message over to hawk guy here here's this guy's eyeball um but whenever he goes outside and is like you know kneel you know kneel before me yeah. uh, and like yeah like all like you humans you're just made to he's submit you're just he's, yeah he's like here. yeah he's like oh my god natural state uh-huh that old guy standing up he's like no i, I love that not love not that. to people like you and he's like ah oh, there are no people like me and he there goes no. always men like you yeah, yeah, yeah. And like funny that it's a german dude Telling, uh, yeah, you know, no, like, and I think Loki that that's and, and Cap I, I, coming in and making, you know, huge, flight of I that. Think that's a huge thing for Cap there. Like, it's supposed to be a character moment for Steve that they don't make a lot of, but like, mm-hmm. there's yeah, nobody. The last time in the I was in Germany, to protect, protect, you know, yeah. I, I love he that. said, he said, last time I was in Germany and there was someone speaking above all, all the others, uh, it didn't end so well for him. What, what did he yeah. say? It was, uh, it didn't go so well. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, no, it was it was nice. Like every everyone had their moment, which which was awesome. Like Cap fighting Loki there and, and you know, 
of course, Iron Man has to come in to give the last blow and make it easy, you know, And but Loki meant to be captured anyways, I guess, you know, so it's like, whatever, there. You gotta have a plan of attack. I have a plan. <laughs> attack. I mean. Hard. Iron Man was kind of sick. Like, he, he, he wasn't as much of a douchebag as he normally is. He was just actually kind of cool the whole time. Like, no, the yeah, only... I think that there's a... And that, again, is reflected in Joss Whedon's feelings about the yeah. character. He doesn't think of Tony as a douchebag, and therein he doesn't come off as a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, yeah, at this point in the character's story, I think it's fitting that he's actually not as douchey as he's been. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of the characterization I would have liked in Iron Man 2. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's he's been Iron Man for a little longer. People know he's been Iron Man for a little longer. He's he's fleshing out his ego in other ways, like a tower with his name on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it's 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 a whole other game. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that he really comes off as, you know, he's he's full of himself and he's clearly full of himself. But what this movie kind of states is that he's earned that and more. You know, I think that that's that's kind of like they're expecting you to give him a lot of leeway because he is that guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did. And like, especially after this movie, too, like this, like solidifies it hardcore. Dude threw a nuke through the portal, save New York, save the earth, basically, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, it, it's he like I think this is this is why I was so on Iron Man's side uh, is because that that is how it is portrayed in the movie. You are kind of not meant to hate Cap, but meant to just kind of be like more on Tony's side um, than Cap's more times than not. Um, and, and like the thing is, like everyone is agreeing with each other. Basically, you know, they're all like, "Yeah, Fury's doing something fishy. I don't know. Uh, there's mm. something else going on here." But excellent. You know, Excellent setup for the Winter Soldier. Just mm. ooh, wonderful! Ooh, I can't wait for that movie. Winter Soldier. Um, yeah. oh, which man. I, you know, it's hard to say whether or not it's intended, but he deal like this is where that seed of distrust in Steve for mm. Shield and for the American government as it stands is. This is where it comes from. You know, um, yeah, the Council. Also kind of cool, like Fury being like, yeah, well, I know it's an order, but, it, or, you know, I know you made a decision, but it's a stupid ass decision, so I'm yeah. not going to follow it. You know, he's like, and that decision was to nuke Manhattan. You know, he's yeah. like, no, he's like, I, if there's any possible chance of saving Manhattan, I'm going to do it. Um, so that was cool. Um, and, you know, he, like he played his, like his role pretty well. I, I thought, I thought he... Like, oh, Samuel uh, Jackson yeah. is a fucking wonderful. Oh man, yeah, he was awesome. And I love I, and I love his reasoning whenever they do confront him. Whenever Steve's like, "Sorry, the computer was working a little slow for me." Um, yeah. one of the only cool moments from Steve, uh, as far as uh, before the third <laughs> act of this movie, uh, whenever he's like, uh, you know, what what are you doing here? You you lied to me. You said you weren't going to do this, and this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even Nick's explanation of it, he's like, because of him and, and Thor's like me, I'm your friend, bro. Like I'm down with you. And he's like, yeah, but you're not the only one out there, bro. And we are hopelessly outgunned. We are fucked if anyone comes around this way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're working on shit. And, and I like that 
you know, Bruce calls it what it is. He's like, why, why is shield working on weapons of mass destruction? You know, why, why are we, why are we doing this? And I, I think that, you know, it's hard to dig into the politics of such an outlandish possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like having to worry about extraterrestrial threats, extraterrestrial yeah. threats that are godlike, you know, like not just, not just like us with some technology, but like, this dude can't be killed with bullets. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's, that's yeah. not possible. Uh, so like there's, there's definitely a level there that's, <laughs> you know, hard, hard to compete with. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it, it, I think the setup there for winter soldier where, um, Steve's like, okay, you may have your reasons, but it's not, it's st- you shouldn't lie about it. You need to be front facing with your reasoning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cause there's a dude on the world security council, um, kind of the head honcho who's like, we're going to do this no matter what you say. It's all shadow counseled up and they, you can't see their faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where, whenever he's like, you have the largest intelligence, secret intelligence agency in the world. And you're leaving it up to these six misfits, you know, like these, these, these random motherfuckers. You're, you're just gonna, it's like, I'm not placing it in their hands. We need help, you know, like Mm. we're still going to do our part, but there's only so much we can do. And I think that's a great thesis for this movie ultimately. Um, and if you're hot on this one right now, there might never be a better time for you to start the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, that's, um, I was literally like actually thinking of it because on the on Disney Plus, like the timeline, there's two Coulson things before this. Uh, something like with Thor, like uh, yeah, they're they're short Thor, they're, uh, yeah, two shorts. But then I'm like, oh man, I, I always forget that there's a whole show that I've never seen. It's um, about Coulson, yeah, yeah, Coulson is the main character. Um, and oh, it's set it's after this. So much harder. Oh my god! Wait, it's set after this? Yeah, big storyline there. He comes um, back to life. Oh, um, <laughs> I did. I had no idea. Yeah, no. So uh, there's a a whole story. Like he emerges from the shadows at the like the very beginning of the show. He's like, uh, like they're talking to some agent. Like Kobe Smolders is in the first couple scenes as Maria Hill and stuff like that, and they're introducing characters. And you know, someone earns a certain level of security clearance, and he like emerges okay. from the shadows, and he's like, "Welcome." You know, he's like, and. You're supposed to be like, whoa, Coulson's alive. How's that? Okay. Uh, but uh, this this lead motherfucker on the World Security Council is Hydra, and it's revealed in that show. Um, mm. and, and and that's something they never touch on in these movies because he's not even in Age of Ultron. He's not even in the Winter Soldier, I don't think. So, like, it's, it's just this I random see. motherfucker in the first Avengers movie ends up being, like, a major fucking character <laughs> in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's why I, I appreciated this movie for its subtle setups. You know, there's a lot of small stuff they do that's like, oh, this could be unfolded and it was unfolded in a really interesting way. And obviously there's the more on the nose stuff with like Thanos at the end of the movie, but they don't do a lot of that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, uh, it, it, and I, you were mentioning earlier about how this is kind of small potatoes compared to where we've gotten with the universe. And I wish we would get back to just earth threatening incursions, you know, not like galaxy implicating, you know, it has to be literally everything. 
everything has to be at stake uh, in order for people to care. Like, it's like, but no, this is, this is very, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be the whole Earth. Just give me, you know. That's what I like about the Marvels a lot. Um, you know, I, a lot of people yeah. didn't love the Marvels, but the Marvels is a very, the Earth is in trouble yeah. movie. And there are a lot of other planets that get in trouble, mm. but like, uh, it's, mm. It, it, it culminates in the earth being in trouble. And that's, that's interesting stuff. That's always like, that's where the heart is. That's where we are. Uh, have you, have you watched any of the new what if yet at all? Season two. I watched the um, Nebula episode. Okay. Um, There's cause and I, I don't think, think I, I finished it. I think I might've fallen asleep through this, but I remember there was one where Tony didn't make it through this portal that he was, uh, he didn't like he got the nuke through, but he did not come back to Earth. He was like oh. teleported. Um, oh, to um, where Thor uh, Ragnarok takes place. Yeah, and he becomes the Grandmaster. He yeah that that's what happens. He becomes uh, the Grandma uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I I don't know that that was pretty cool to watch this movie after seeing that. Like uh, not even thinking that as a possibility because I always knew Tony made it back, uh, but like. That what if he the, didn't? Yeah, the intention was completely that like he was not going to make it back. He would die um going through here, probably. Um and, and yeah, that, that was awesome. You know, and I expected a a little more uh theorizing and and Loki shenanigans and, and all this stuff to come from this movie, but that's the thing, is that there's really not a whole lot to go off of at all. Um you know, there's there's the it, it's cool scene loki right before he gets taken into the show um and, and that's that's a thing that always slips my mind is that he uh he is not the loki we know um at infinity war and and all of this stuff uh when he gets taken it's 2012 loki very right. i'm going to i need you know i want my throne loki um and and it was oh, really cool to nervous. yeah to be set there and yeah so there's there's not really there's not even really many moments uh, like in Thor when I'm like, oh, he could have time slipped here. This would have been a really cool, you know, callback if they do it. Like, it's not even really in any of that. The only kind of thoughts I was having was about the Mind Stone. Um, and because I, I guess I've never really paid attention to it. And I wonder, um, the only people who have, like, come into contact with the Mind Stone, Vision, because it was in his head, Loki, here... Uh, he was g- given the Mind Stone, Scarlet Witch, Wanda, Thanos. Yeah. Tony. I think. Hulk. Yeah, okay, true. They're snaps. But, like, the characters who did not have it in the Infinity Gauntlet, or whenever they had all of them at the same time, they're all massive, like... Scarlet Witch and Loki. Like, Loki is basically the Time Stone. Scarlet Witch is basically the Reality Stone. And, like, they both have this weird connection with the Mind Stone. And, like, it's... I've never thought about this before, but, like, um, Selvig, uh, Skarsgård says, like, it's given me ancient knowledge. Like, I, I have learned so much, uh, because of the time, of the Mind Stone and the Tesseract, I guess. Um, but I'm assuming the knowledge comes from the Mind Stone. And, and so, you know, Loki can can kind of do a Westview sort of thing with controlling people, you know. Um, and it got me to think of, like, when Wanda's in Westview, is she using... Oh, the Mind Stone isn't there in WandaVision. No. It's, he's dead, and it's gone. Yeah, and no, but back... that's, that's what she says to Vision, 
is that he is constructed of the part of the mind stone that lives in her. Yeah. Because it okay. exploded onto her. Yeah. So where do they put the mind stone back to? The where mind re- stone, I believe. Did it go is... back to the scepter? Loki's, you know, and then the. Because they put it back in 22. Yeah, because they, they go... have the fake. They have the fake stone. Oh, it's been destroyed. Thanos used the stones to destroy the stones. Oh, wait. But, but then what after happened? the time heist, they had to put all the stones back. Oh, but then they're, they would still be destroyed by Thanos? Wait. Yes. The the time travel mechanics of Endgame are always hard to reckon yeah. with. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I, I was wondering if it, where the Mind Stone would go back to, where they place the Mind Stone. Um, if it was just back in Vision, you know, back into Jarvis or back into the Scepter, right, right, or um, or whatever. But I don't know. I thought I thought it was it, that that was the only kind of cool, interesting things uh, that that came from this is that maybe down the line they they have some Mind Stone connection or something because Loki and Scar. I mean, Scarlet Witch seems to be a pretty massive character. Loki seemingly to become a pretty massive character um, as well. And the, I think it'd be really funny if I I think it'd be really funny if Wanda's just dead. Yeah, man, I they were building her up so crazy. That's, like I mean, is, like that's why I'm led to believe that it's not it's not the case. Yeah, which like is part of why Scarlet Witch, you know, yeah. like that not just a variant of like I don't like this. There's only one Scarlet Witch, right? Like across the multiverse, there's only one Scarlet I'm Witch. Is sure. that the idea? I'm pretty sure that's what they were implicating. Yeah, it feels like she is reality. Loki is time. Like I have a feeling that like whenever we get to these big end end game, like the end game of whatever will happen now with the Kang changes or whatever, I feel like it will be like that is the power level that people will have to be at for the threats that we're facing. Like we will have right. to have like um, uh, Thor's uh, is it hope or no love or uh, it, yeah love? Uh, just her child. She's like eternity. Like, she is the embodiment of eternity, um, right. and also Thor's daughter. Uh, like, I, it, it's like, I think, like, we are building two godlike, you know, heroes. And I think, like, it could be an interesting way to, to, to say that, like, yeah, times, or the Infinity Stones themselves are kind of irrelevant now. Like, it's, it's whatever. Anyone can have an Infinity Stone. But... Wanda is kind of the embodiment yeah, right. of the reality stone and has this mind stone connection as well. Um, Loki being kind of the time stone and, and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was kind of the only, only theorizing whatever thing that they could maybe go off in the future that I got. Oh, but yeah, man. I, I don't know. Closed in very just earth. I don't know. I, I thought it was just very uh, singular for the movie. Absolutely, and it's and it's not even like it's this threat has been eradicated. The threat has been ended. The Chitari, the the Earth invasion is over. But Thor mm. still goes back to Asgard with Loki. Yep, and mm-hmm. Cap still has this distrust of Shield, and you know that him and Tony have become friends. But that's sort of like a you know it, it's it's interesting to see their 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 differences in the way that they don't exactly click. They don't exactly mesh, but they, they get the job done together. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it is funny to see uh, 
you know, Age of Ultron takes place after the Winter Soldier. So after Hydra has like revealed itself to still be around. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it is interesting to think about how, you know, at the end of this movie, my favorite line of the movie um, is like sort of the last hard hitting moment mm-hmm. whenever Nick's like, uh, you know, they're there are heroes and you know they they'll 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 come back and mm-hmm. yeah you well know, you're letting them all go you're letting them all split apart what what's gonna make you know what what if we need them again you know what, oh, what they'll if, be uh, here how do you know because we'll need them too i i love i love that it's just a nice little i i, I love a good for good sake mm-hmm. happy go lucky ending. And that's something that I think this movie succeeds at where, you know, like first Avenger had a fantastic ending, but it's not happy. It's not a happy ending in first Avenger. Um, and this I one's think triumphant. It is, triumphant. you know, it's, it's a little bittersweet. There was an alien invasion. Manhattan got fucked up. That's yeah. for sure. A lot of people died. Um, but they, you know, the end with the council there, you know, like, yeah, we, now the, the universe knows not to fuck with us. We got Every the Avengers, world. you know, like it's in uh like we are not to be fucked with. And that, and that, that was, that was pretty cool. That this um, was all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Partly, and partly. <laughs> man. Yeah. My, my line uh, was, was from Tony whenever he, uh, you know, is, is maybe offering Loki a drink and then Loki throws him out the window. His suit catches him, and he comes back up, and he says, yeah, and there's there's one other person you pissed off. His name is Phil. And then just yeah. just shoots him, and, and they start fighting him. But, you know, before then, he's he's describing how everyone on the team is pissed off at him. Um, and like, yeah, we're, we're the Avengers. That's, that's what we call ourselves. Uh, by the way, first member uh, that I'll mention, your brother. Uh, yeah, the uh, y- y- Thor, by the way. He's on our side uh, completely. He's against you. Sick. Um, um, we have a Hulk, you know, as well. Like he's he's going through every character, and I I love I love that. Like every every character really gets their spotlight in the movie at, at some oh, point. Yeah. Um, so Dude, I loved I loved. There's a great moment when Thor comes face to face with Loki during the Battle of New York. He's like, "Look what's happening! Look what's yeah. going on! You mm-hmm. can st- we can stop this!" And and again brilliant brilliant choices by tom hiddleston where he looks around his tears fill with his eyes fill with tears and he's like it's too late like there's nothing i uh, like there's nothing i could do anyway you know Mm -hmm. like uh, i love the way that it plays on the themes of thor where he and he he even says it so much you know like i I was i lived in your shadow i existed in Mm. in the shade of you for so long Mm -hmm. so uh, it's time for me to have my throne and uh, it's fascinating to think about the Loki we know and Loki coming fresh off of this moment, this conversation with his brother, essentially. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is like Thor being like, do you really think this will end with you on a throne? He's like, you really like, look, look at what's happened. You think they're going to want you to lead them after this? Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Obviously, they couldn't have planned it at the time, but just stuff that pulls through and you're like, oh, because he does end up on a throne. Yeah, the most the throne, important the one there is. Um, yeah. But like, as as far as we know, so fucking cool. There was a great there was a great little line that I know was absolutely intentional as a callback in Infinity War. 
um, whenever Tony goes, what just happened? And Steve says, we won. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah, same line but... is said at the end of Infinity War, and he says, we lost. And yeah. it's uh, it's just a heavy hitting. You know, you, you just love to see it here. Um, Man, I love uh, that, you know, he's he's like passed out. Uh, Hulk catches him after he falls back to the portal. And, and, and Hulk just gives a roar to wake him up. And that's what Tony's like, what the fuck? He's like, what the hell? He's like, oh my God. Cause the last thing he remembers is seeing a nuke blow up in space and, and the Shatari get destroyed, which was, that's my all shot. My, by oh, the way. Dude. oh, um, dude. Oh my God. It's, it's a shot of him inside his helmet where he's got this red glow mm-hmm. coming through his like eye, eye holes. Um, yep. And it's, I, I was like, oh. It, for me, it wasn't even yeah. close. Like, I was like, I mean, and, was, and the thing is, is that like his face is on like the very end of the screen, and it's so obviously like it, it, it's black. The rest of the like, it's yeah. it's obviously way bigger than the inside of his helmet, but like the it, it makes the shot look so much cooler. Like it's <laughs> it is the light is like I I don't know maybe it's I think it's all supposed to be like inside of his helmet, but it's just kind of showing that he's like in space, you know, like completely just viewing this explosion. Um, I don't know. It was, it was beautiful. Um, I thought it was gorgeous. And then like when it lights up and mm. like you watch his eyes like get wider mm-hmm. and then whenever it dims is when he shuts his eyes and it's like, a he he sees the job's been done like i love mm-hmm. i love that uh wonderful Ooh. moment and the, like i said the ending is a heavy hitter uh Al, we haven't even mentioned this alan silvestri's score of the avengers is fucking oh. incredible the avengers theme is too classic to last yeah it's instantly like, from the first note you're like oh i already know what's going down yeah it's like dun, 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 dun. yeah fucking love that shit mm. bum, bum. Yeah, they're you know that that the classic shot of the circle around them too with the theme playing. It, it was one of my choices, but there what it, it's a oneer in air quotes uh, made to look like a oneer. But after like kind of the battle's going on, and it starts, I forget who it starts with, but it starts down like the street level, uh, showing like I don't know Black Widow maybe killing some people, and then like it. It it transitions to the Hulk just crushing people up, and then like an arrow on Hawkeye comes in. Like it's it's made to look like one continuous shot, but obviously they're not right. flying a helicopter around and capturing Manhattan yeah, during yeah. an alien invasion. Um, but well, that's why no, the achievement in visual effects is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's so many of like another contender for your shot. I saw was Hulk chasing Black Widow, and that's another oh, one yeah. of the things where a practical yeah. set. You know, it's not it's not on a green screen where mm-hmm. she is practically lit and it, it provides a source of light for lighting Hulk in that moment makes it yeah. look perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I've always, yeah, was... There was one moment in this movie with Hulk. I loved Bruce in this movie. I loved Mark Ruffalo. I thought that for a first. First go at it for him. Mm-hmm. This was really this was really great. Um. And this this moment kind of shines a light on the ending of the Incredible Hulk a bit. Like there's there's a there's a surprising continuity maintained where I I made a comment at the when we were talking about the Incredible Hulk how the ending 
whenever he just like snaps his eyes open and they're green and it's like uh mm-hmm. days without incident and i was like it doesn't really make sense they don't really continue that and i was like oh they absolutely did you know like mm-hmm. this this was the point he was making uh at the end of the movie oh i'm always angry um <laughs> that moment's always been kind of hit or miss yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't like it. Kinda, I don't like. I it. don't know. Um, it's cool. I used to love it. I used to love it. I used to be like, yeah, that's badass. But now I'm like, this is fucking stupid. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to explain in like one line. I think it's like it's not that the, he's always angry. It's just that like he know he's he's in complete always control. has access to his yeah, anger. He's in uh, he's in such control of his anger that it is just which is uh, also not true. Yeah, it is. He lost. He's lost control earlier in the movie. Um, Yeah, he did. Hmm. Yeah, so like that's one of those things where I'm like, thematically, the mind stone there, maybe you know, Um, maybe the mind stone is doing something there. I don't know, but because every other time he transforms, it it is good guy. You know, he is. He is helping out everyone. He catches Tony. He's very aware yeah. to do that. He's very aware to, you know, listen to Cap whenever Cap's laying it down. You know, Hulk smash. And he's like, ah, okay, thank you for the green light. I always um, love that little smile he gives. Yeah. I, that, yeah, and little... frankly, like, that's my, like, just that line. It's just a, I get, it's a big hero moment, and I appreciate what they're trying to do. I just think it falls a little flat. Beyond that, I love Hulk in this movie. I think they do a wonderful job with Bruce, and they do a wonderful mm-hmm. job with the Hulk. Um, and kind of portraying that dissonance, you know, um, and I think that without that line, I don't have as much a problem with the thematic kind of caving in on itself a little bit, you know, like, cause what he's implying Mm -hmm. is that I have, I have control over this. I, I have, I have, and he does exactly that. He is able to transform into a Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I would have preferred. You know, I don't know. I, there's nothing that I would like, cause I think you could, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, cause I think the moment's cool. I think you can still have that moment where he shows perhaps that he's gained control of it, but he seems to imply that he, he's had control. Like I'm always, mm-hmm. I've got this mm-hmm. shit. So like it's, it's, it's a tough line to tell, but I think that they do something cool with the Hulk where it's impossible to control you know like uh in the state that he's in obviously like Professor Hulk and stuff but it's just it's not so simple as that and uh yeah and I I guess before whenever he was full rage monster everyone was very heated everyone was getting like throwing jabs at everyone you know in that moment like it was a very stressful uh not clear what to do situation but whenever a Chitauri worm uh space yeah. worm uh i don't know uh whenever that's just coming at you i think it's pretty clear He's the goal is moped yeah yeah what is yeah what I, I, he just pops up he's like hey guys what's up uh in stanton uh, you know like he had to get he had to get there um, that's true he was just dropped out of the helicarrier yeah um, who knows where um, <laughs> oh no he didn't just get dropped he jumped and destroyed a jet and just fell because he just destroyed the jet that like you know the, it was the shield agent that was just like hey get his attention and then so he just jumped out of the helicarrier destroyed the jet and just fell it wasn't even i thought it was well, and that's the thing too is there's a really cool little comment from harry dean stanton there where he's like mm-hmm. no it was pretty intentional you were awake when you fell 
you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, so yeah. I think it, it is implying that Hulk oh. it, it does want to protect people. He just has impulses that lead him the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think he's like, no, I think you meant to fall here. I think you knew what you were doing. Um, yeah. Okay. Huh. Big green wow. and buck ass nude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. I had no idea that that was like a a well known guy. Rocks. I love yeah, her. That's awesome. He passed away. He passed away a few years back. Uh, I think it was in mm. 2017. But uh, and I hadn't right. been familiar with him at the time. But uh, okay. you know, c- coming to learn of him as a, I actually had a interesting little double feature for Harry Dean Stanton literally yesterday um, because oh, I wow. watched. Uh, I finished Twin Peaks, and then I watched. Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, the prequel movie, and he's in that. He wasn't in the show, but he's in the movie. Um, okay. And then wow. I turned on the Avengers, and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for this small, very strange role. Yeah, yeah um, he always plays a little bit of a weirdo. This yeah, is like, like the most normal he's ever been. That could have been a Stan. That could have been the Stan Lee cameo, you know, like right. Uh, <laughs> if any, like that. That's what it felt lines like for that, you know, yeah. like. Uh, and oh, what was oh he was playing chess? Oh, dude, I thought he was playing chess with Ian McKellen at first. I was like, is that fucking Magneto? I'm like, hold up a second. Uh, but then no, I think it's just some random, some okay. random old guy that he's playing chess with. I, but, that, I also love that little broadcast at the end, that little conversation, like the whenever the chick who cap saves and she's like, oh, I want to fuck Steve mm. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I, I mean, would, if I could see him right now, I would. I just want to say thank you. That's that's yeah. all I'd that's all yeah, I'd want to say. I mean, like, and frankly, can't blame her. I mean, yeah. damn. Come um, on. I have a feeling Steve or uh, Chris Evans is looking a little bit more like the Steve that they had to get a body double for uh, in the first Avenger. Come this time, uh, he's yeah. only had he's even had a longer time to get a little bigger. Um, mm-hmm. There are times when he's just sitting there where I'm like, Jesus Christ! Dog. He's just punching the bags, dude. Yeah. Holy shit! Dog. Yeah. What an unreal physique. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, dude is no, built uh, bigger than yeah, Thor, I'm, I'm like all, you know, like almost, yeah. which is he is he is a human on super serum that appears to be a god, you know, at the yeah. same physique as a god. So, yeah, he's he's doing all right. And I love the way mm-hmm. they kind of the power scaling, you know, I love whenever Thor hits Steve's shield <laughs> and Uru meets uh Vibranium. Mm-hmm. That happens, and I'm like, so we're done here. But then we also see that Thor is capable of blocking a punch from the Hulk. And it's like, yeah. So would Steve be able to fight the Hulk then? Is that what that means? Uh, uh, yes. It, I don't yes, think they is. ever actually do that. It's um, completely shock absorbent, you know? It is. It, it could take, yeah, it's, if it could take Mjolnir, that's infinite. You know, that is well, that's, and that's what's interesting there. too is that like getting into the physics is obviously <laughs> sketchy, but like they learn it in Spider Man, you know, they talk about it. Yeah, because the shield is shock absorbent, doesn't mean that he is not capable of he has to be able to hold it there and not move it, you know, like uh Thor is bringing that fucking you want me to bring the hammer down? Uh Nope, not his hammer. He loves his hammer. Bad idea. Uh, there were a few line deliveries by Robert Downey Jr. that I just fucking love in this movie. Yeah. Um, obviously, doth mother know you weareth her drapes. Uh, that's that's a good one. Apparently, that was improvised by RDJ. Also, um, yeah. Whenever Pepper calls, uh, 
Colson Phil. He's like, Phil? Uh, no, his first name is Agent, actually. Yeah, um, like, yeah he, he does have a, a lot of classic and there, I mean, like, in, in on a less funny note, like, one of my favorite line deliveries of, of the movie, it was one of the more hard-hitting moments, is whenever Jarvis is like, shall I call Pepper Potts, sir? Uh, and he's like, might as well. You know, like, yeah. he's, he's ready, like, he's resigned she doesn't himself. doesn't pick up, dude. No. Yeah. Like, why did they actually make that decision? She's just so focused on the TV. I mean, I guess. Like, she's Wouldn't worried. And, like, it makes sense. She's watching like, him on TV, damn. worried sick about him. Yeah. I thought, for some reason, I thought I remember her picking up. And I thought it was some slumdog millionaire moment where it's made to look like she's not going to get to the phone. But then, like, she picks up after the camera cuts off mm, or something I like see, that. But no. Uh, just... No, yeah, I mean, that is an interesting choice, obviously, I would have liked, but I think it, it builds up that hopelessness a little bit, mm. it builds up that tension, like, you're like, oh no. Like is he's he alone, never... alone. Yeah, he's there. never yeah. going to speak with Pepper again, his last moments are going to be spent solitarily with Jarvis, you know, like, Not even. That's, that's it. Not even Jarvis. He loses yeah. connection, because it's his, like, because the call cuts off immediately, and then all of his Jarvis stuff shuts down, because... It's all on Earth. He uses satellites and all the, like, Earth yeah. technology. So whenever he's through there, it is just the, like, the metal. Like, that's all he has in his arc reactor. And, like, so, yeah, I thought, oh, man, it was a, a, a great moment. I, I think maybe her not picking up actually does work better to get make him truly feel like yeah, this no, is, like it's, it's, he's it's alone. It's hopeless, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, uh, it's, but it's this balance where it's hopeless for him, but great for everybody else you know um yeah i love uh, whenever he goes through and everyone goes up like ah! and you know you get that look at nick fury where he's just kind of like damn like yeah. and that was the guy that i decided wasn't fit for this mm-hmm. you know like i love whenever and when the nukes on the way fury immediately calls to stark he's like hey stark you have a nuke incoming like he he knows who to call. I mean, I guess like who else is going to be but able then to that take even further makes us. you go like, and I love that as soon as the actual problem presents itself, they have to go, well, Jesus Christ, personalities don't really fucking matter. Do they, you know, like we need Tony Stark. Um, I, I, I appreciated yeah. that sort of, and there's a few things that, um, are interesting continuity wise, um, that they don't address at all. And I'll be interested come Thor the Dark World specifically to see or recall if they address it. Um the Bifrost. Mm-hmm. Thor just shows up on Earth. I think Loki has a line. He says, How much dark magic did uh they have to conjure up just to get you to Earth or something like that. Oh do, do um, they, I didn't hear that. I yeah. think yeah he said something along those lines. And I was like, what wait what? That's an option they have? They have dark magic you know like i'm like yeah oh i guess frigga could have yeah maybe done something have some some magic magical abilities Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah that that is interesting uh they did i didn't catch that no i mean that's enough that's enough for me then Mm -hmm. you know Uh, and then they use the space obviously to get back yeah Yeah. they do have the space stone so so that does help i they built that little machine i guess i guess thor would just know you know more than the earth people i guess on how to like actually harness it so that makes right, right. makes sense there but like where is the scepter is that just on earth still and they the and they is in shield possession that's a big storyline for endgame and wandavision and loki um 
Because they take the Mind Stone for Vision, right? Like for Age of Ultron. Yes. And it's because Hydra, it's what they're recovering at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Whenever they're all teaming up and storming that Hydra base, they are Mm -hmm. getting the scepter. That is the point of their mission. Okay. Um, I see. So it was stolen. So, oh, it was just Hydra. It's in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s possession, and some of them happen to be Hydra. I gotcha. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm all so that, that's where because that, I I believe that what Steve does in Endgame is that he just goes up to the bald guy and he's like, uh, "I'm supposed to take Loki. I'm supposed to take the scepter somewhere else." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Hail Hydra!" He whispers that's, in his okay. ear because he knows he's Hydra, and he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Here you go." Okay. Um, you know, that's uh, right. okay, because yeah, and then okay, duh, 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 and that's what sparks the whole Ultron thing. Oh, with this we can. We can put a suit of armor around the world. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm excited okay. for Ultron now, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm always I'm always excited for the Avengers movies. They're big milestone markers um, mm-hmm. for what this genre has become um, or is uh, at all. And like, I was I was happy with this. Much more happy than I thought I would be. I'm I'm very mm-hmm. pleased with it. Uh, I think that my distaste for Joss Whedon has kind of painted my liking for his movies in a very negative way um mm. now with mm-hmm. joss whedon's justice league that's just a truly horrible film um <laughs> yeah it's like if it if it is good it's like it sucks because it's like man i wish it was bad so that you know you're just you're a shitty human and but i'm and glad we at least got this you yeah. know like i'm like if, if you're if you're gonna be the, one of the worst yeah. people I guess it shouldn't take one person to ruin everything because you also have all the actors, all the VFX artists, all of the everyone else that's working on the movie too. Exactly, that's there's a lot movie. of effort that goes so. into any given film. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, there's always there's always people to give credit, um, and I think that the 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 VFX artists the VFX artists deserve immense credit. I think that Alan Silvestri, his work as the co- the composer on this movie deserves a ton of credit. Mm. I think that all the actors yeah. deserve all the credit um there there's a lot there's a lot to like here i think that uh something that kind of surprised me that uh this movie's not as guilty of as a lot of post michael bay transformers mm. blockbusters the editing is actually tolerable it's not mm-hmm. god awful um which uh it paced maybe a little slow. I think it, it could have been a little quicker. Uh, I think, and, and, and yeah, that's but. that's for sure true. But I blame that more on the the structure of the script, like uh, the getting the team together first act. Very cool. Yeah. Love that. Did what Rebel last... Moon tried to do way better uh, in every single way. Popping into yeah, I mean, what, what Rebel Moon does in two and a half hours is what they yeah. did in this movie in 40 minutes. Exactly. Um, and that was just that. Um, I don't even yeah, fucking remember trash. what happened in Rebel Moon. And I watched that like five days ago. It's I so literally... Bad terrible anyway yeah um, but the, yeah the, I, I i had that thought when i was watching this movie it's like yeah they're just getting all the gang together and like oh my god they're doing it so much better and i enjoy um, i absolutely adore that obviously you get a bit more out of some of this stuff if you have seen mm-hmm. the movie prior but you don't have to have seen the movies prior the characterization is strong enough that and the only one where that is not the case is captain america i think that 
but even that you don't need yeah. to have seen it. It's just not, it, it's just not perfectly in line with that first movie. I don't think. Um, yeah, but, why uh, did he not sign Colson's cards? Why do you have to be a douche to Colson? Why? Like, why was, why? Every time Colson tried to talk to me, he was kind of like ignoring him. Like, oh, okay. Like, you're just like a weird fanboy. But like, I feel like Steve would be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll sign these yeah, for right. you right now. Like, he'd be like, yes. Like, we're on a jet. I'm not doing anything. You know, like, I don't understand why they, they made Steve feel like the douchebag and Tony feel like the, the gleaming, like, the good every yeah. man, you know? Like, yeah, I think that what you're trying, I, the way that I can try to justify it in my head is that Steve is relatively fresh off his nap. Um, yeah. And, oh, I guess distrusting of Shield because they put him in that fake room and yeah, you know, like he, he, he he's got a painted. It's not not a great sensibility he has for Shield at the moment. Um, I, I think it's just a. That's the thing is that this movie doesn't really give you enough to go off of in mm-hmm. terms of Steve to really give you an idea of what he's experiencing. I think that he's alone, you know, everyone he knows and loves is 70 years gone. Um, and yeah. I think he's kind of resigned himself to a lonesome livelihood. So being thrust into a group where his humble ass is being praised at every turn also a little bit difficult to kind of like ration ration with you know so like i think that's the best i can do the movie doesn't give me anything to give you that Mm -hmm. um it's what i would expect steve rogers to be like um but uh yeah that's that's the best i can do with it um but no man i yeah i like this movie a lot more than i thought i would um it didn't place quite as high for me on my personal uh ranking of mm-hmm. our comic book movies out of uh out of 46 this fell at 14 and after yeah. the conversation it could probably climb what's above it's usually it? it's usually after our conversation that i feel a little bit better about movies too mm-hmm. um i think that it's anywhere from 11 to 14 i i could like this as like that's kind of a a section of this for me. Uh, v for Vendetta, Spider Man Two, Iron Man, The Avengers is the order I have it in right now. Um, but like when it comes to V, like I'd watch this again before V with ease. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, yeah, I've got it. I've got it right below Iron Man, same as you. I've uh-huh. just got Iron Man a little lower, um, and right okay. above The Incredible Hulk. Um, okay. Yeah, I got Incredible Hulk is at sixteen for me. Same here. Um, and yeah, that's that's crazy because it is. I do have it above Spider Man Two. I have it above Thor. I have it above V. I have it above every X Men movie for me. First Class. I might have to actually think about it. Uh, First Class is just actually really good. Um, yeah, I've got it I below think, uh, V, Spider Man Two, Thor. Oh, three different X Men movies. Below V. Okay, I see. Mm. yeah yeah so i've also got it below x2 and x-men um as far as phase one is concerned this is four out of five i've got uh first avenger thor and iron man above it um Mm. only incredible hulk below it and i think that given my surprising likeness of incredible hulk it 
kind of speaks to just how strong phase one was. Mm-hmm. Um, out of 46 movies, all five phase one projects fall in my top 16. Um, all four of the five fall in my top 10 and then only the incredible Hulk drops to 16 there. So yeah. Yeah. Three out of the five are in my top 10 as well. Yeah, I do. I do like phase one, two of the five, um, a whole lot. Thor is the, I see Iron Man Avengers and cap kind of all on the same level. I like them for different reasons, but then Thor would be the one that I can comfortably place below, um, those three. Um, but I still, I still like it a lot more than Incredible mm. Hulk, uh, for me. So, that's a good, yeah, that's a good. okay, yeah, no, okay. phase phase one ends up coming out for me. The first Avenger, Thor, Iron Man, the Avengers, Incredible Hulk. That's and I'd stand by that ranking. How they fall within this list, that's a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a lot of stuff there, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. fascinating to look at the top sixteen right now. Um and be like, all right, five MCU movies, the only five MCU movies as of yet, <laughs> um, two Spider-Man movies, three X-Men movies, four Batman movies. <laughs> wow. And then a Superman and V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Wow, mine are all very new. The only kind of older movies that I have are Superman, the OG, um, and... Yeah, Mask of Phantasm. Those are my two oldest movies um, in my top 16. Um, everything else is like yeah, pretty post, I think, 2000. Uh, well, Batman Begins, what year is that? Yeah, that's post-2000, I oh, think. 05. Yeah, oh yeah. I think I'm, I'm comfortably post-2000 here. Yeah, I've got um, Batman Returns also in that in that category. Okay. Um, the pre That's at 17. Right outside. I've got it at 15, so. Okay. Wow. A couple but spots yeah. above there. I love how we are getting some differences now in our our comic book. Yeah, the longer there, the longer we flesh it out, the more that the, mm-hmm. the the less the uh the rankings will vary a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, 46 movies deep in this project and we will continue it this Friday with uh Blaine Rezach for The Amazing Spider-Man. That's right. And I'm very, mm-hmm. very excited. It'll be his first time on the show since Batman 89, which was Dang. almost a year ago. Um, yeah. I actually made an appearance on his old show. I think it's Lost Media now, uh, MCU on repeat, where I discussed the Avengers with <laughs> them. Um, and I know <laughs> you discussed Age out. of Ultron with them as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's we, right. had a, we had a couple appearances over there. I'm I'm fairly certain you can't find that podcast now. I think it's gone, but uh, uh, we did uh, we did appear on it, and that was a lot of fun. And I'm excited to have him back. Uh, it's been too long, uh, and I'm I'm excited to have him back. He's a huge Andrew Garfield Spider-Man fan. This is as everyone Spider-Man. should be. Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he'll definitely be with us for uh, the Amazing Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Whenever that comes about, that's probably still a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah so we'll be back this friday with that um, we gotta rate this one first though we haven't even given it a rating oh shit um, jesus yeah yeah we're uh just a lot okay. of praise i guess i think it'll do well though um for the most part yeah yeah not not i don't know let's see enjoyment wise um you know iron man and and cap are in the nine two five iron man nine um Thor is eight seven five. I think I 
Hmm. I think I might be more. Does nine sound too high? It does. Uh, for me, this is this is I, like I said, I have it below all three of those. So, yeah. like, comfortably for me, eight five. If that's too low for you, I could go eight seven five. But I um, do think I don't know. That's that that did kind of get me. Like thinking about, I do think I enjoy Thor more than this. Like I enjoyment wise, I think I that mean is like this is a long movie. That is the yeah. one thing that stands out about this movie in terms of, and this will affect the quality as well. Um, but goddamn, when I paused that movie, I was <laughs> like, ah, I got to pee. What do I have? 15 minutes left. Yeah. And I paused it and it said 50. I was like, okay. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Very um, long. Yeah. Very long. And I, when I say that it's because the battle was about to start. The the third act of this movie is the long. battle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, long. like, it's a big, epic battle. Nice. Um, the second, yeah, act is just kind of could have been sped up a little bit. There's some good stuff in there. Like, I, there are very good stuff in there. But a I great, great character beats, great little moments. My favorite mm -hmm. scene came from it. But it takes its fucking time in the second act. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think. Then eight seven five would be the ceiling, I think, and I don't think I could tie it to Thor. No, I'm I mean, like I'm comfortably at an eight five, um, and yeah. that's that's my ceiling. That that's my personal ceiling. Um, because I don't think we have anything at an eight two five or an eight five. I think we have we eight seven fives and we have an eight. We don't. Yeah, X Men. That was an eight. I think I'm. I'm enjoying it more than the first X Men. Uh. Uh, I, I have just more history with the Avengers. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, that but that's because it's for different reasons. Like, X-Men being at an 8 makes more sense than this being at an 8. I think that this goes north of that, even though I enjoy X-Men more. So, like, there's, when we rate stuff, it's all very complicated mm -hmm. on a personal <laughs> note. Like, I have I have a logical side, and I have a feeling side, and this is supposed to be the feeling side, but you can't help but get a little logical with it every once in a while. I think um, it's closer to X-Men than it is Thor. So you're you're willing to throw an eight two five at it? I think so. Yeah. I think All right. That's, I'm with you. I'm with that's you. That's where I'm chilling. Um. So eight two I'm five there. I was uh yeah. I was I was worried I was gonna have to talk you down a bit. I'm glad that I'm glad we're on the same page though. Mm -hmm. uh, and then critically here, let's see. Is seven. it made? Yeah. I don't. I was like Iron Man. That's a seven five. I think Iron Man's better made. Um. Cap is definitely better made. That's a seven seven five. Uh, so we would just be putting a seven would be putting it below Batman 89. I think in terms of like, here's the thing. I think this movie is better written than Batman 89. I think it is better performed than Batman 89, but I think there is a much more inventive creative spirit behind Batman 89. Um, I think there is a lot more intention in almost every single action in Batman 89. I think that they, it's not that they fall into, like, when you have a cast like this, you gotta really fuck up to fuck up, you know? Like, you, you they're doing a really good job, um, and I think that they get to carry their weight a lot here, but uh, when it came to Michael Keaton's Batman, there, there was no guarantee that that was gonna be a success. Michael Keaton was a comedic actor who hadn't really done anything of uh, of that extreme. Not obviously, they had Jackson Nick, Jack Nicholson kind of anchoring that but regardless mm -hmm. um i think they're good for different reasons 
and I would absolutely watch this again before Batman 89. Um, but photograph photography, not even close. Batman 89 is a better looking movie. That's uh, true. So pro- know, yeah. probably about even footing, you know, seven or seven, two, five uh, right. is where I'm at. How does that. this sound? A seven ties it overall with Thor at a seven, four, two. It ties it with Thor. A seven, two, five would give it a seven, five, eight, which would put it above Thor, but below X-Men and below Batman 89 still. Okay. Um, um Then I would say let's. I don't know. Um, is this on the same level as Thor? I think enjoyment-wise, Thor is definitely better. But yeah, I do I think, think this that, is written. I think it's a better movie than Thor, generally. Yeah, um, I think I I think I'm I'm kind of where Batman '89 has that visual uniqueness. That's for sure. I don't think that's deniable. I think the performances of this one, that the writing. Um, I, I, I don't know. This one, this might be better written than Batman 89. I think, I think um, it is. I think it is. I think I might've been so talking. I, I think I know I can't put it at a seven, five with Iron Man. I don't think. No, it's not as good that. as Iron Man. And, um, and the if anything, even. this makes me think that Batman 89 might just be a seven, but, um, but if we're, if we're going to go with what we have, I would match it with Batman 89. Seven, two, five would be cool with me. Okay. So that would give it the overall. Of a seven five eight, so a seventy six percent. We're actually harsher than IMDb. IMDb gives mm-hmm. it an eight out of ten, and Tomato Meter ninety one on both the audience and beloved, critic. beloved. Um, yeah, I mean, like this was a I, the first of its kind. You know, there yeah. hadn't been a movie like this Mm-mm. ever, uh, and it was extremely exciting. It was super fun to watch, um, and in twenty twelve. This is getting tens across the board. Um, we have That's we true. here have the benefit of high, hindsight. That um, is true. Yeah, if this if this just came out, we'd be like, "Holy shit! This is the biggest thing to ever happen in comic book history." Um, but sadly, or not sadly, uh, very happily, we you have know, I, no way homes and end games and stuff that we can enjoy. But yeah, it might be, I guess, tainted a little bit. With uh, yeah, maybe the we industry, want the, the stuff. industry implications of this this having success might be long term negative, but in the in in the yeah. interim, very positive, and it brought me a ton of joy. Um, oh yeah, but hey, uh, I mean, going from a one critical movie to a seven point two five, we went I'll from take it. yeah, I'll take that it. was that was great, a great great start. Um, let's see. Is this the actual first? No, Captain America was the first. Yeah, this is this is the second week of 2024. Uh, getting you know was a little. We we've gone up and down. Uh, quite there was a, a quite the valley drop. Um, mm-hmm. for Spirit of Vengeance, but now we're we're up we're up top again. We back up. I think yeah, and we got we got some great stuff. I mean, oh my god. Yeah, Amazing yeah, we Spider-Man. Got, we got Iron we got Man another 3. Spider-Man movie for the first time in some time. Yeah. Next mm-hmm. week, I mean, when was Spider-Man three? When did we put that out? That feels like it was it was a, a little bit ways back now. It was um, was that pre September fifteenth. That was, was pre Marty. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, September, I like using the wow. Marty Scorsese and Wes Anderson mm-hmm. spotlights as like benchmarks for the comic <laughs> yeah. book movie film yeah. because they 
they interrupted those projects that project mm-hmm. you know like they we we stopped doing it for a little bit so. yeah our phases it's kind of yeah. like our phases of uh of our comic book project indeed, but yeah we're, we're getting some bangers we're closing out two trilogies uh next week with iron man 3 and dark knight rises um and yeah i mean this this has looked like a fun month uh man of steel and the wolverine uh thor the dark world i mean yeah this is this looking like a a pretty fun month for comic books so, absolutely uh, absolutely movies, i'm but... excited and uh with that i will actually end the show now i don't know what <laughs> i was thinking earlier um when i thought i was gonna end it uh, about 15 minutes ago but uh yeah, this Friday we'll be back with the Amazing Spider-Man, as I said, with Blaine Rezach, and I'm uh, I'm very very excited for that. I'm so excited to have him back on. You know, we got a little mention of Batman '89 during the ratings process, uh, which mm-hmm. he was he was a part of there. Um, he'll be happy to know that we've changed the rating system a bit. It's a lot less contrived, <laughs> uh, much easier, much yeah. easier to comprehend. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's my 24th birthday today as a oh, as of today, the, uh, yeah. publishing date. Okay. Um, January 10th. I'm 24 today, baby. Everyone wow. listening at home say happy birthday, Colton. <laughs> happy birthday, Colton. Yeah, if we any of it. you actually listening said that I possess far too much power. <laughs> um I possess yeah. far too much power within these hands if you actually said it. Um not you, Joe. You're you're participating <laughs> in the podcast. You're my homie, of course. Yeah. Um yeah. But uh yeah, we've also um we got Game of Thrones on Monday. Mm-hmm. Winter is blooming, season 7 premiere. That's right. On uh on next Monday. Very very excited about that. Um this is uh I have these arbitrary season numbers for the podcast cuz when it started it was like, uh, well, this is season one episode, whatever the fuck, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, you had to, in our distribution service, you have to have a season number. Oh. Um, so after our first like hiatus at the beginning of the show, I was like, well, that was the end of season one. So now this is season two. Um, this one, this episode is actually the end of season five uh, of our show. It I felt like uh, it felt fitting. The end of yeah. phase one, end of uh, season, season six. six of Game of Thrones a- ah. ended earlier this week. Uh, it's going to kick off season six with the amazing Spider-Man and season seven of Thrones. And that'll go. I don't know yeah. how long because season five started, I believe, when the Bad Batch season two premiered at the beginning of 2023. So far and away the longest season yet, having stretched over a year. Um, but uh, yeah, they don't really mean anything. It just kind of <laughs> marks new beginnings yeah. for the podcast and new directions and where we're going and um so it, it felt it felt good to start something new there um but yeah with that head to twitter follow at penny bloom pod follow on instagram at penny bloom podcast remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue downloading we started off january with a bang uh we're mm. carrying the momentum from the end of 2023 into 2024 we concluded 2023 with north of 12,000 downloads um coming into 2023 we'd had 10,500 ever in three and a half years so uh surpassing that and then some in one year was huge i'm thinking my goal this year if we reach 12,000 and some change for 2023 I think fifteen fifteen K is a good is a good mm. mark. 
you know, slight growth. We can't yeah. possibly expect the same level of growth. Yeah, we're not going to um, double no, our entire no. downloads again in a year. We've if reached we do. It, yeah. If awesome. we do, hey, I invite that. Yeah, that'd but, be incredible. Um, but we've reached yeah, a like point where it's starting to it's it's leveling out again in terms of mm-hmm. consistency. We're not seeing giant spikes randomly. The spikes, I can kind of tell when they're coming. Um, and so I'm thinking 15k, great goal for the year, and I would love mm-hmm. if it started with you guys. Uh, listening now to the Avengers, to the Amazing Spider-Man on this Friday. Um, if you can go back and keep downloading even our previous episodes, you know, you don't have to just download the stuff we've got coming after this. Go back and download episodes. That's usually what boosts our numbers like crazy is whenever someone's a new mm-hmm. listener and they're like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and download all these. Uh, that would be huge. Uh, I love that. It makes me feel good. It, it gives me yeah. endorphins that I know I shouldn't rely on, but I somewhat do. Um very interesting. I've been I've been looking at our YouTube analytics recently too. After now that we have a lot more data in for a little bit, our audience is pretty much split down the middle on YouTube, uh, male and female wise. It is like uh, a slight edge to the female viewers actually. Uh, fifty one, almost fifty two percent. That's always um, how it's YouTube. been. Uh, interestingly enough, I recall, and you know, there's there's this there's something to be said for the fact that phone plans are usually mm-hmm. in a parent's name. Um, so like if you look at our analytics on like Spotify or Apple, our audience is like 90% middle-aged women, um, yeah. which I which doubt is-, is the actual case, but I appreciate, I, w- I would appreciate it if it is happy to provide you with entertainment. Uh, I, I doubt that's what's happening though. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to provide anybody at all with entertainment, um, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great deal of fun doing the show. And no matter who's listening, no matter how many people are listening, we're going to do it. Um, but uh, it's it's nice to know that people are. So uh, thank you all for being here so dearly. Um, let's make my 24th year a success mm-hmm. uh, or my 25th year. Yeah, it would yeah. be my 25th year. Yeah, true. Yeah. This is that's fucked. Quarter. I hate this. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Damn, this movie came out at the halfway <laughs> point in our lives. Yeah, right now. yeah. So no. fuck me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <sighs> makes me feel good that like half of my life, you know, is twelve years. You know, there are people who are gonna be like, "Oh, fuck you! You're twenty four. You think you're old?" Like, no, that's I don't true. think I'm yeah. old, but I am. Everyone ages, guy. It's all relative, um, you know. Yeah, we're all yeah, exactly. We're all... We're all different here. Exactly. But uh, yeah, the podcast celebrates its fifth birthday um, here in a couple months uh, come May. And I'm very excited about that. Um, Yeah. In the meantime, like I said, basically just comic book movies and thrones for now. I'm hoping to get a 2024 in review episode or 2023 in review episode in as soon as possible. Not sure when I'd like to get more like, as many of the heavy hitters under my belt as I can before doing something like that. I still got a few to cross off. Didn't haven't seen Godzilla minus one. Haven't mm-hmm. seen poor things, you know, haven't seen the iron claws, just some big ones that I would love to see, but um, I haven't had the chance to. So you'll get a 2023 interview episode whenever we're ready. Um, even if it won't be as relevant. Uh, but uh Yeah. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. 
Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And they'll be here because we'll need them too.